discovery. Thank you for listening to this episode of the lead off on the peak one sports network. Let's get this party started and we're going to get you ready for your sports weekend. I'm Ashton. I'm Tony. I'm Landon. Hey, get those energy drinks. You got your Celsius this morning. I got a cup of coffee. Landon, you're going dry this morning. You're going solo with nothing. Dry. You make it sound like he's an alcoholic. You need these kids these days, man. Uh, he probably is at this point. I don't know. I'm getting too old for this. Uh, again, thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. Go ahead and hit that notification button so you know when we go live or when any new episodes drop. And then also listen to your favorite Peak One Sports Network shows, however you listen to podcasts. And also go check out our website, peakonesportsnetwork.com. What's going on, guys? We're getting there, man. We're, we're, almost, fo- we're almost through the summer, right? It's NFL it's football tough. started. Uh, preseason anyway college football is only a couple of weeks away um i know we were talking about it pre-show that all the topics and i'm telling we need to make sure we're hit this point at this time and uh it's just going to get harder from here on out yeah luckily we're getting these you know we're going to talk about it these documentaries coming out you know i think they the timing of those types of things i think they do that for a reason knowing this is slow sports i mean besides mlb baseball just there's not a whole lot i mean even your baseball season's done you know like just when you get towards the end of summer uh, everything's wrapping up you only have baseball men but we're about what four weeks out to just being full-on college football nfl football shortly after that nba will ramp back up yeah and um like you said we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff we're going to talk the johnny manzel documentary just drop a lot of a lot of bombshells in that just kind of like we're gonna talk hard knocks hard knocks aaron Rodgers and jets <clears throat> training camp preseason a lot of preseason stuff um and a lot more but first we're going to uh recognize one of our sponsors betalytics don't bet with your gut the betalytics dashboards allow you to quickly identify the top graded best bets and hottest trends betalytics uses ai machines to learn algorithms and create accurate game simulations player prop projections, betting line evaluations, and best bet recommendations. Use promo code PEAK1 for 25% off when you sign up today. Go to betalytics.com to start betting smarter. Later today, we'll have the Prop Bet Saturday. Uh, we'll have Prop Bet Saturday brought to you by Betalytics. And also, Landon, you're going to tell me, is this in, we're good yeah. on a camera angle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our Betalytics giveaway. We're going to give away this hat right here. Uh, just comment down below. Tell us you want this hat. Follow us on social media. Message us, comment, just say, hey, I want that Betalytics hat. And then, however, if you comment on YouTube, make sure to tell us how to get a hold of you. Because uh, it looks pretty spammy when we say, hey, you won. Yeah. Um, so make sure. And, and also, just on that note, we will never ask you to give us information here on YouTube. If we say you won, we want you to go to our social media we yeah, don't need any message through we, private message exactly yeah. we don't need any scammers <clears throat> using our photo and saying you won and giving you we'll never take credit card information all this is free uh it's why it's called a giveaway but just throwing it out there yeah, we just uh, need a shipping address where to where to ship it to or if you happen to look out and be local we'll meet you yeah so if you comment on here um tell us you know, put it your facebook in put your facebook tag 
or we'll comment and say, hey, you won, comment, uh, reach us on social media at Peak One Sports just so everybody knows. Um, but let's just jump right into it. Let's go ahead and talk Jets on Hard Knocks. Man, I texted you this week after I watched the episode one. I'm on I'm on the Jets train, man. I'm on it. They, like, Aaron Rodgers is going to take him to the promised land? I think that that team is so talented, and I think they were talented. I mean, you got Sauce Gardner. I mean, dude, they they are a, they really are a a phenomenal team. They really are a good team. I think they were missing that. I mean, Zach Wilson is not the leader of the team. I think, I think that Aaron Rodgers could help develop Zach Wilson, and could help his maturity level. I think that's where, we, and you can see that in Hard Knocks a little bit. His maturity level isn't there to run a franchise. You know. I think they're they're more of a young team that didn't have a yeah. a veteran presence at an important position. Yeah, and let's not lie, Aaron Rodgers brought some players over. Yeah, as um, sure. um, not, Alan not, Hazard, not Cobb not, came over. Randall I mean, Cobb's kind of older but, into his season. But I, I think don't know how much that was. Of a but I think I don't impact think he'll make on the field. Yeah, but in the locker room, I think that's big for this young receiving yeah. group. It's not quite what Tom big. Brady took to Tampa, but Cobb is to Rodgers as Gronk is too. Tom Brady I think it's just although even in Tampa Gronk was putting up stats but I think uh Rodgers is bringing him for a reason whatever your thoughts on Rodgers you might dislike him think he's kind of douchey um he he is kind of out there and maybe if you're just not you just hate the Packers and that's just where he comes from he has won and he's been successful yeah just one Super Bowl but he proves he knows about football um and it, him bringing Randall Cobb, you may think, you know, that's just a retreaded tire type type of player. But Aaron Rodgers knows what he's doing. And again, he may have more uh, more output in the locker room than yeah. necessarily on the field. Yeah. And, and tell a lot of these Jets players, because they're a young team, tell them this is what Aaron Rodgers expects. This is what you need to do to make sure uh, you earn his respect and this is how to be successful with him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, like we said, it's a young team. Uh, but we've seen I mean, it. We've, have, we've seen it with... like, you know, they have Garrett Wilson. That kid's a great yeah. ball player. They get the wide receiver, you know, him and Sauce Gardner come in last year's rookies. Still young guys, so talented. But a guy like Garrett Wilson, it would be great to have, you know, as to have a mentor like Cobb there. He was talking about it on Hard Knocks, <clears throat> about the impact that Rodgers already made Yeah, in the – I mean, has been there. I mean, you're talking about a young group, is, and I think they even mentioned it on the show. You know, most of these younger guys, they were like 10, 11 years old watching Rodgers play. Yeah. And now they're playing with him, you know, a, a decade later. Well, it really goes to show that a lot of teams are just a quarterback away because the Buccaneers yeah. weren't even a playoff team. No. Tom Brady goes there. Yes, he brings Gronk and a couple of players, but we're talking about how great the defense is. For the I mean, last you can three look, years. You can look at the biggest, the um, biggest one that sticks out. I mean, I don't know if there's another team is the Dallas Cowboys. When Romo goes down, without yeah, when I, Dak mean, I, goes I would down. say now when Dak, you know, even with Dak, it, you know, there's always question: Is he the quarterback? This team's ready. That Dallas Cowboys yeah. team's absolutely ready. I think this Jets team is so on the verge of being a making a deep run in the playoffs. This could be the team. Look at the I mean, Kansas City Chiefs too. I mean, now yeah, they're stacked with talent, but they go from 
Alex Smith is their quarterback, and then Patrick Mahomes comes in, and immediately they're making AFC championships. I mean, one of the every single know, year, but I think it was before they the Jets picked up Rodgers. Zach Wilson said, "If whoever you bring in, I'm going to make their life hell." And you think, "Oh, this kid's cocky," and then they say Rodgers is coming. You're like, "Okay, good luck with that." Yeah, you watch the, the and you no one sees those behind the scenes until you do hard knocks. That you see. This kid's not that bad. Like, he's not mature. He's young. But you see him learning and working and talking. And, and when he's working with Aaron Rodgers, you can see him picking his brain. You can see him ask, hey, this is what I saw here on this play. You know, they had some of the footage from the uh, Hall of Fame game. He's on the sidelines. Rodgers didn't play. Rodgers has a headset. And I think he even had a mic in Zach Wilson's ear. And he's saying, hey, look here. Hey, look here. Zach Wilson comes to the sideline. You know, they're on the tablet in there. He's showing, hey, this is what I saw here. And I thought that. He's working through. I think that this may be not just for the Jets, but for Zach Wilson's career, having Aaron Rodgers. Looking, there. I mean, he's got to be ready to go as well. I mean, looking at Aaron Rodgers' career, he's getting up there, that there may be an opportunity for Zach Wilson to jump in here. Um, just because Aaron Rodgers has not been injury prone, but he's missed some games the yeah. last few years just, just from that. And, you know, maybe who knows how long Aaron Rodgers is going to be with New York, but uh, – Maybe, like you said, getting mentorship from Aaron Rodgers, maybe that's what he needs. And if he can show out, uh, maybe next year he goes to another team and has a chance or uh, possibly with the Jets, depending on how long he wants to Well, we to all win. know that when you make it to the NFL, it's not for lack of talent. Yeah. You know, you could say, oh, this guy doesn't have this or that. All of these guys are physically are talented. They can all play. It's mentally are they prepared to play at that level and to put a franchise because no matter what, when you're the quarterback of one of the 32 NFL teams, you're putting that franchise on your back and carrying them. And yeah. some guys just aren't built for that. And it doesn't it doesn't take away anything of your talent. Guys like Mariota, Winston, sure. Manziel. Yeah. Great college players but it didn't translate back into the NFL during their rookie year and, and their two that, seasons. As you can see, is is a lot of maturity level. You know, a Manziel guy, a maturity level. A Baker Mayfield, we haven't seen yet if if he can get over that hump. Yeah. A lot of his looks like a maturity thing. It's not a talent. I mean, this he can throw a ball, you know. Speaking of taking a franchise on your shoulders, quarterback finally going to have the chance to do that, Jordan Love. Now that Aaron Rodgers is out of uh, Green Bay, he's got a chance. He looked... As much as you can rely on preseason, he looks pretty good. Seven for 10, 46 yards and a touchdown. And for what little we've seen of him in the past, and even in regular season games, again, that kid can play ball. Um, And he seems to have that maturity level. And if this works out again, that Green Bay model is the way to go, is to draft a guy behind a guy. You know, don't wait until you need your quarterback. To Although draft they pissed off two Hall of Fame quarterbacks doing it. Sure, but <laughs> I think they were Hall of Fame quarterback. It's, yeah, it's exactly. worked out. It's worked exactly. out for them. Maybe they, it, in hindsight, it's twenty twenty. But maybe they were a couple years behind that. But yeah, they did get Aaron Rodgers, and it worked out. It pushed Brett Favre out, and Aaron Rodgers sat for a few years. Yeah. And we were thinking the same. Aaron Rodgers wasn't a big time quarterback coming out. He did no. drop, and we expected him to be a first round pick. But Jordan Love's kind of the same thing. Jordan Love isn't this huge. Quarter and, and even Aaron Rodgers at at you know when we saw him he looked good but nobody expected him to be what he is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, I mean there really is very few of those guys that are number one, number two overall. 
that actually pan out. You cool. know, you look at every draft in the history, and you see, you know, if you have two, three, or four quarterbacks go in the first round, one of them might actually hit. And the next one, we, we we've already talked a couple couple things on this. We we hit Tampa Bay, and we hit Baker Mayfield. So we'll go there. Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask. Is this even worth talking about? I mean, it, the Bucks kind of screwed. It's like, which which one's yeah. going to be the worst? Are you at a point you're like, it doesn't matter, we want to tank anyways? Or do you think in a crappy division, or we'll just say a lesser division in the NFC South, that this does make a difference? Let's see what we can do with these guys and possibly win the division. On par with the worst quarterback room in the NFL, maybe tied with San Francisco, where they're stuck between two people who barely played last year and they don't know which one's better. Maybe worse situation because yeah. San Francisco has situation. a lot more talent. Yeah, <laughs> like I think they, they have some problems. outside of their quarterback. Yeah, they, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go to the point where I don't know because they have promise. Yeah, Brock Purdy yeah. injured. I mean, you have a lot of quarterbacks in that room, but there's potential there. Something could come out of that. I think Brock Purdy is looking to be the starter. But you have three options there where if any of those three options go, you're like, okay, the team's talented. Let's yeah. see what happens. I mean, on paper, not even on paper, just in your minds, you think Baker Mayfield's more talented than Kyle Trask. But either I've way... stuff about that Baker Mayfield might not be winning that quarterback battle right now. And and in that quarterback room, you're thinking, you know, we're talking maturity issues. Where does that go where Baker Mayfield goes from planting the flag on the field of Ohio State to being a first-round quarterback... The savior of Cleveland to now he's competing against Kyle Trask. Cleveland's had two drop. Baker won the Heisman, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So they number have, one overall had, pick. They've had two number one overall picks, two Heisman's. Flop. Both quarterbacks. Um, even with that, since I mean, we're not getting into when did Cleveland really start? We know they were an expansion team, but that's not looked at. But since they came back in '98, whatever. Baker Mayfield is the most successful quarterback. <laughs> Let's just throw it out there. I mean, yeah. and he did have a good he did have a good season and a half, and then come subpar season. The, the first time, time tanked, but that's what that they're known for in, is good. Yeah, that's what they're known for is quarterback flops. Yeah, and yeah, you have to say it's a quarterback flop because he was the number one overall pick again. Like but he's we, had a lot more success than some quarterbacks. Not not just in Cleveland, like we talked about with Green Bay. You know, Cleveland hasn't had a guy that they can bring in a rookie and allow them to mature and learn the game behind anyone. They've been so bad that, yeah, as soon as we, yeah, we're mean, talk, they, we talked about Manziel, we're going to talk about Manziel. Uh, Colt McCoy. Was Colt McCoy? Yeah, he was drafted by the uh, Brady Quinn. Like, every, all these Heisman winners or Heisman candidates, they bring in there and they're starting day one. And then you look at Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers. What are they all in common? They didn't start year one. No. Maybe there's that, but you know, but, that's, but Cleveland that's doesn't have model. anybody. Deshaun Watson. You don't have somebody you can really sit behind. Yeah. Like Alex Smith, probably didn't have nearest. I mean, not probably. He doesn't. I'm just saying probably not this year, but didn't have near as much talent as Deshaun Watson. Yeah. But hell, he had a he had a hand in shaping Mahomes. Yeah. He was a great yeah. quarterback. Yeah. Cleveland does have. Uh... What's his name from uh, Tennessee last year? Quarterback. Tanner? No. Uh, he uh, had the, the guy, guy without the eyebrows. 
Oh, 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 uh, yeah, What's he's from name? UT, yeah, from the University of Tennessee, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember. Josh Dobbs, yeah, Dobbs, Josh Dobbs. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he looked pretty good. He looked pretty good against I, the Cowboys yeah. last year. I, again, Cleveland. Not to get too far off topic, Cleveland needs to. No, we're talking quarterbacks and and NFL preseason off top. They need to go into free agency and they need to try to get that blockbuster quarterback. If you could, if you could bring them into Cleveland, I don't know, man. I I think maybe it's just the city, the situation, the team, the everything about Cleveland that no one wants to be there. That they unless their model is only to draft. I, I don't I don't see them getting out of What's where so they're at. What's so bad about Cleveland? That's a whole other show topic. There was but, a point in time where everybody was trying to go to Cleveland. They had Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham went there. Yeah, they had a, when they, they had, had Baker, a great you know, team was, with Baker Mayfield. But again, you're at, you're putting the entire franchise on a rookie quarterback, a rookie quarterback to, to and bring free you agents, and that's be yeah. the savior. The same as Manziel, the same as everyone we've talked. How about How often is, has that worked where you draft the QB and everybody else is a free agent? That's not really how you build. I understand when you're in the position, you're like, okay, we have something here. Then go out to the free agents. And that anytime you you sign a free agent, unless they just have some other issue, you're always overpaid. Yeah. Because it's a bidding war. Um, you see with the Texas Rangers now, when you're in a position, it's like we're going for it, you know. Um, but I guess unless you're drafting the quarterback, which the Browns don't seem to be able to do, it's like draft everybody else like yeah. the cowboys accidentally looked I mean, into Sean watson's probably the biggest free agency pickup or trade out of they trade for him yeah but that's the biggest move they've made i think outside of drafting a quarterback yeah maybe he can come in and be something else for them i mean I he's sure. very talented but the cowboys accidentally about looked... sean watson he's getting paid more than patrick mahomes yeah well yeah, his head cap hit is right now yeah uh, this, but the Cowboys actually lucked into it, trying to find help for Romo, where they drafted around this team, and then Romo goes down, and then you have this rookie quarterback. Uh, not that Dak Prescott wasn't really talented, but he had an amazing offensive line. Yeah, he yeah, had yeah. the weapons. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for the Cowboys, you didn't really get to take advantage of Dak's rookie contract because you're still paying Romo for a few years. Uh, but that seems to be the model if you can do it, but... It's kind of that's how the economy works of the NFL when you have a top five pick and you're going to pay him top five money. You almost have to draft a quarterback yeah. just to make it worth it. Yeah. And if he flops, it flops, draft another one. You do draft another one, draft another one. Yeah. Um, that that seems like if you're in that mid tier where it's kind of like mid tier hell where you never have a great draft pick, but you never have a good team, it's just draft around that and then either sign a quarterback or draft a quarterback. We're getting yeah. way off topic. Uh, we've already mentioned we're talking quarterbacks, we're talking free agency, and we already talked San Francisco. Uh, what about this? Kyle Shanahan revealed on Thursday that if the 49ers would have defeated the Eagles in the FC Championship game last year, they were going to go after Phillip Rivers to be their QB to going face to Super Bowl. Mahomes and the Chiefs. Now, of course, we know Brock Purdy got injured in that game, and Brock Purdy was like their fourth starting quarterback. For um, What do y'all think about that? That's, I mean, what else that, would they have done in that desperate situation? That's probably not bad. I mean, Philip Rivers, he's got <laughs> 10 kids, you know, he's running around and in shape. Uh, and that was, but at that point, that was going his first in, year of retirement. Right? Did Philip Rivers, uh, he didn't play that. Yeah. Cause Colts had all different. Uh, so I guess he did retire. He might retire two years before. Cause they had the Colts had, uh, Matt, Matt Ryan. Yeah, that's right. I was thinking the, <laughs> that was the year before, uh, so he's a couple of years out of retirement, but 
yeah, who are you going to go for? That, that's your only option. Who is their, uh, they have Christian McCaffrey was their backup. Emergency or, QB. Emergency QB in that game. So, I mean, clearly you would have signed somebody. But, yeah, that's not a bad, I don't know why it's just coming out now, but that wouldn't have been a, a bad a bad deal. 49ers might have had a chance in that game. Yeah, absolutely. Giving, have basically the roster to win a championship yeah. right now. Yeah, you just minus the quarterback. Throw a ball. Sam Darnold to, might lead them to a championship. All you got to do is throw a ball. And really, I mean, he's a, a veteran quarterback and it probably could have come in, in in that two-week span and, and for the most part, learned the offense. Learned to dumb down. I mean, but the you 49ers were a defensive the, team anyway. Absolutely. You could have dumbed down that offense and probably would have benefited them even more with the talent they had of just it just just outwork going back the to Chiefs. the going back to the Cowboys game the Cowboys played bad in that game and lost i mean it was 13 to 10 for most of that game and then they lost i think by 8 points but it was a defensive battle yeah. with the other team playing bad so you didn't have to well and how does that change for San Francisco this year's being a defensive team with the talent they have but we don't have your defensive coordinator you know what? How do the schemes change, and yeah. how much of that is a defensive coordinator versus we just have a lot of talent? You know, talent you can have tons of talent, but if you don't put them in the right positions to make a play, how we see that with uh, with what Dan Quinn got, yeah. <laughs> and just two and a half years ago from a historically bad defense to one of the best, yeah, and, and really just in that one year they went to they were a top five defense. Yeah, I mean, they're uh, after a, the worst top, ever. I would say a top three defense for sure. Arguably the best defense. It didn't hurt when you have when you add Michael Parsons. <laughs> yeah. Either though, but no, the cow. I I truly believe this is the last year Dan Quinn's going to be the defense coordinator. If things go bad, he unless, may end up as the head he coach. Gets the head coach of the yeah, team. and I've said this on many shows that I've done here that that's why Dan Quinn's staying because this is it. You're either going to make an NFC Championship game or win a Super Bowl which looks great for Dan Quinn as a defense coordinator. He'll go get whatever head coaching job he wants. Yeah. Or it goes bad. McCarthy gets fired. Why wouldn't you hire Dan yeah. Quinn? Promote that. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a win-win for him rather than going and getting the Broncos head coaching job. Would You know, uh, we'll yeah, see who how would that would it, Who out. wouldn't want that Cowboys team? Yeah, especially that, that, roster, that defense. Maybe. But, yeah, going back, if, if it would have been 49ers-Chiefs, Chiefs don't have didn't have a great defense last year. So oh, really, all it is is the Kansas City offense versus the San Francisco defense. That was the main point of the game. And then you're just trying to be good enough. The rest, chess. Yeah. yeah, that's all it is. And and if you're playing chess, you have that veteran quarterback. That's you, mm -hmm. we saw Tom yeah. Brady. He's still putting up numbers, but uh, even last year when he wasn't putting up great numbers, he still willed his team. Yeah, playing chess. That's all. That's all Absolutely. Tom Brady did. Um. Before we jump into uh, any other sports, let's talk about TCU. They have a new freshman lineman. Uh, what's his name? I already forgot. Breon Bre Ramsey Brooks. Breon Ramsey Brooks. Big Bubba, right? Big Bubba, as he's known uh, around the media. This kid, six foot five, four hundred and fifty-five pounds. I mean, if you see a picture of this kid, he is big, he and not just fat. Like, I mean, he is—he's big, yeah. But he's tall, six five. He's got 6'5 and over 450 pounds. And and this kid can move. You watch his Instagram, you see him. This kid can move. 
it's not just like a big blob there. Like you see some teams put in these nose tackles that are just big just to block it up. Yeah. Now, this kid's an offensive lineman, and this kid can move, and he's strong. Offensive lineman. Yeah. Where do you go? Where do you go to high school at? Uh, South Oak Cliff, right here that in makes Dallas. Sense. Yeah, so a local kid. Yeah, I mean, um, if you want yeah, to see I haven't some seen of this, any go, video on it. Go, he's pretty good. Yeah, go he, check out where his he play tackle. Uh, guard, guard tackle. Even some of the camps I've seen him at, he played center. He snapped the ball. And but just, he can move for four <laughs> for four hundred fifty five pounds. This kid can move. Someone like he's when you're strong. that size, I mean, he might... some of the best at these camps he's at. You know, you know, these top kids in the nation. He's at these camps, defensive lineman, and he's just throwing them around like it's nothing. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> uh, I had a past boss that that played at UTEP. He was an offensive lineman. He was big. He's about six nine. Uh, and he says that's the only reason he made the NFL because his size. Like he was pretty good. He's pretty good in college. But uh, when you're that size, if you're at all competent and can move, it's like somebody's going to draft you just to see what can happen. That's the whole so, thing. You can't teach size. Yeah, you that's the one thing. And, and clearly, he's got the speed. He's just got to. You just got to teach him tech. That's the only thing you can do is technique. Yeah. And if that's all you have to focus on, I mean, you know this as working for you know for a potential college opportunity for baseball is. You're you're not just I got to be talented, but I got to get big too. You know, you have multiple things. If you're that big and you just have naturally gifted something like that, and all you're focused on is technique and nothing else matters, man, that's that's. Tough. And you're thinking like size wise, like that that's big, and you're you're talking about you know legs I mean, and knees not lasting and things yeah. like that. But but lots of times, like hey, let's let's get down the weight, let's get your speed up. But he seems he seems like he can handle that weight pretty right. well. You can't teach six five. No. And that that's that's the difference is when you're big and you can play offensive linemen, that's like that we, we always talk about that jump from high school to college is just daunting. Because everybody, if you're gonna go yeah. play at a big caught time college, you were the star in high school. Um and then you go to college and you kind of get hit and, and we'll see what he's a freshman, we'll see how it turns out. I don't know, does it say he's gonna be a starter for sure? I, I can't imagine him not being, you know, unless he just can't get something down. But that that's the thing I mean, is you can be you can be smaller size if you're talented enough uh, in college. It very rarely translate because we're talking about Deuce, the Cowboys' new running back. Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. He's very small. That doesn't happen. No. Very rarely you're five five and you're gonna go. It didn't matter how quick. I mean, this you guy are. would walk into this room and be the smallest guy here. Yeah. Deuce Vaughn would. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. He's gonna end up in the you know, unless he just crashes it, it i mean he's at a big time school so i guess you have you're going to be in the limelight you're in the big 12 yeah. you're going to hit play those big games tcu's defending uh or they were in the national championship game so he could flame out and happen on big time tv but as long as he's just competent or decent he's going to be in the nfl somebody's going to give him a shot I I just mean, because size alone, you cannot teach size. He's big. He's big for college. He's big for the pros. He's a big guy. He's Even not... if offensive line fails, you flip him over and put him at a D tackle spot. Maybe so. Maybe throw yeah, him in it there. seems it seems like he's good. He's you know blindside tackle, but you know throw him in it. Throw him in at nose guard. What's gonna? Yeah. yeah, D tackle. At worst, if he can't make it to the quarterback, put him put him at D tackle and just let him stop the run. Yeah, like how. I mean, you're going to have to have two guys come. push them out of the way. It's yeah. like, just get in there and, and just be there. Yeah. Just, just make them use two guys to block you. Yeah. Um, and before we get to the Manziel document, which is going to take out most of the show, 
Landon, uh, tell us about the uh, give us an update on MLB rookies, what they're kind of doing. The top, at least the top five. The top, guys. I, have, I have the top five, and then the other high school guy that went in the top ten. Clark, Max Clark threw twenty at bats with the Tigers, sitting three hundred. Your big thing was that he didn't really hit for power. A lot of slap stuff. Two home runs. What level is this at? Yeah. Um, I believe rookie affiliated. Okay. Rookie affiliate. Eight RBIs, no stolen bases yet. One point two four one OPS. Damn. Yeah. If you go compare that to the Texas Rangers pick. He's already moved up. He's he's in he's high a high A ball, yeah. Yeah, he's sitting in 38 at bats. He's a real professional baseball yeah. now. Dude, 38 at bats, sitting 395, oh, two home runs, nine RBIs, three stolen bases, 1.327 OPS. You expect them, and, and and like I was mentioning with preseason, you can only do minor league baseball at a certain because they're working on different yeah. things like spring training. Yeah. Uh, but man, you're if you're gonna be if you're gonna race to the race to the ranks and be a star like he. It's projected to be. Yeah, you have to go out and I'd, hit four hundred. All he might yeah. be with the Rangers next, next year. Season. Yeah, and that's what they talked about because he's a little bit older and he's, uh, he's the guy they talked about. He's going to jump up quickly. And you're talking yeah. about, you know, just a side note with the Rangers. You know, Evan Carter's coming up possibly this year, but definitely, yeah. uh, it'd be a disappointment if he wasn't starting, uh, game one next year. And then this guy, he, uh, Wyatt Langford, he had a crazy crazy college world series and he seems like he brought it over pretty well what he was hitting what did he hit in college 450 450 or? something yeah. crazy like that um the golden spikes winner dylan cruz with the single a affiliate for the nationals he's the Dude, big he's the he's the big guy that everybody has their eyes on through 33 at bats 333 two home runs eight rbis one stolen base 0.959 ops he might be up with the A's next year just because they don't have it. He's with the Nationals. <laughs> I mean, the Nationals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same difference. Um, Walker Jenkins, the no, other is bad. The other uh, high school guy, he's with the rookie affiliate with the Twins. 26 at-bats, 385, a home run, 8 RBIs through stolen bases, 1.061 OPS. Hmm. And then this last guy's with the A's, right? Uh, yeah, and I have Paul Skeens, but he's a pitcher, oh, so I'll go after this. Jacob Wilson with the A's, high A affiliate, 36 ABs, .278 average, no home runs, 5 RBIs, a stolen base, .755. What's his own base percentage? You know that's all they care 0. about. .755. So, what do you mean, Mike? You I think he was, he was what? The, Got the, that on base percentage. He's a money ball guy. <laughs> the five pick, I think he was. Yeah. So... Worse than some guys, but I mean, but for the pick, but yeah. for the pick, it's not bad. Paul Wait, that's more what you would I would expect from some of these guys coming up because you're making you know, that transition. Month, yeah, yeah, you're yeah making their first that month in pro ball, like or, you know, minor league. I would I would imagine that's the transition they would make. Yeah. You see some of these other guys hit three ninety five and like you expect them to make a dip, but three ninety five is a dip. Yeah, he did dip. That yeah, was he did from where he was, but at pro ball, I mean. He's, I mean, he's proving that there's he's guys who went in the third, fourth how many round. games is this how many games he's played oh, in high a ball langford was it 30 abs uh langford oh, was that the i thought you were giving me rookie ball numbers yeah it was it yeah, 30 38 abs okay pretty Does much everybody has over um like i don't know if he has it. yeah i want to say that's just been a week so that's not a lot of yet. 
From That's what, such a small sample size. From you what don't I have in my own Yeah, you're careers. talking about a dozen yeah. games. Yeah. yeah, thirty at bats is kind of is a, is a good sample size. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think the lowest amount of at bats is Clark. He has twenty, hitting three hundred. Yeah. Um, Paul Skeens for one game, one inning, no earned runs, one strikeout. He topped a hundred. <laughs> oh, that's that's pretty yeah. good. That's uh, getting rare, more rare. Yeah. Nowadays, it was before you had lots of pitchers hit, hitting triple digits. Yeah. But then again, you you don't have very many pitchers going past like six innings. Yeah. These days, usually, if you're good, if you hit 70, 80 pitches, they're gonna take you out nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So let's jump to the Johnny Manziel documentary. If you have not seen this. Go on Netflix. If you don't have Netflix, borrow somebody's password. Message us. I'll give you my password. So you have to see this. This is this is up there. Was up there with the quarterback documentary or quarterback show. I need yeah. to watch that too. I haven't watched that, but Johnny Manziel documentary. A lot of bombshells in there. I'm surprised it's not getting more and more. You see Facebook memes of stuff, but uh, let's jump to you, Tony. You're the A and M guy. You're the Manziel guy. Like right in the middle. Uh, of A&M's kind of rise. They built their, their stadiums, what it is now, mainly I mean, because of Manziel. We'll get into they, that. The house that, that Johnny built is what it Kyle is. Field. I mean, they didn't, the money wasn't flowing in. The attention wasn't on Texas A&M. I mean, they moved to the SEC that first year uh, in 2012. 2000, yeah, 2011, 2012, right? Yeah, there. and, you know, they were he said they behind the scenes to have to have a good a good season at all, and they knocked off number one Alabama. Yeah, they went know. really, and I think that was the year they went to the Cotton Bowl and played Oklahoma. Yes, yes. Um, and when Manziel was the first freshman to win the the Heisman, but yeah. we all knew that uh, paying NCAA players money that would be included in here uh, because obviously NITs weren't a, a deal back then. Um, but he, Johnny Manziel, did say he like he saw behind the scenes. He saw Texas A and M making over three hundred million dollars. Yeah. After his season, he knew that that was directly because of Absolutely. him. Because you go and and see that. Uh, I want to say they said the 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 amount of donations uh, and that three hundred million were the most. I think in the last like four or five seasons combined. And I wish I had the number. I can't remember uh, uh, the amount of Adidas number two Manziel jerseys. Yeah, I have um, sold. Do you have that number? I don't. I don't. I put, I, I put on there to. But they sold out. They couldn't. They couldn't keep them on the shelves. They yeah. couldn't make enough because they Manziel jerseys. They printed them for I mean, that purpose because he's a freshman. They had a rule that, that you couldn't talk to. I don't know if it's an NCAA rule no, or A and M rule. No, that was uh, Kevin Sumlin's. Kevin Sumlin's rule. rule. He can't they, talk to the media. Wouldn't talk to media, and they yeah. weren't going to have his jerseys. So, which for that's sale. what makes this even more is when you have a, a freshman doing this and you don't even know anything about him. You can't talk to him. He's not doing press conferences. I mean, I don't think he spoke to the media until you got to. They introduced him uh, in like for preseason the, the next but, year. No, the, he, or Heisman. Well, the Heisman. Yeah, the Heisman. Yeah, I mean, that's the first time you really to get to yeah. to hear from him. Um, I mean, the the documentary showed that. I mean, the partying, the. Yeah, I want to bring that up. So before he even played a snap at A and M, uh, and they talk. I'm sorry. What's the offensive coordinator? He's a Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, because, you know, Arizona Cardinals, before he went to the Cardinals, uh, before he went to Texas Tech, Manziel kind of made him too. Uh, and he was talking about him getting in trouble and getting arrested before all that. And he was telling us uh, the 
I don't know if it was, it was boosters or people high up in, in A&M. He's like, no matter what, he's the guy. Like, we can try to control him or whatever, but I don't care what he does. He's going to be the guy. And Kevin Sumlin, it's funny, Manziel kind of talked about this. Kevin Sumlin made a comment. This was out of character for Manziel. And he said, well, in hindsight, maybe it wasn't out of character for me. Like, yeah. after you see him through the, you know, through college and through the, the NFL. But, yeah, going back to the jerseys, like, he's talking about we're sitting here not allowed to have a job. And I just see A&M making money hand over fist with jerseys. And that, and that was one of the things, like, we're before they had the NIL deals. We were talking about how could they pay college players, and that was the thing. Yeah. Is like that seemed like a fair thing. Jersey sales them for jersey sales yeah, or absolutely. or autographs or whatever, and that's really yeah. where we get with with Manzel. Uh, and that's one thing when you when you and it, or he talked about it like he didn't think it was a big deal until they beat Alabama, and then they leave, and he's like, "Holy crap! This is the first time I've never been able to find my parents yeah. after a game." Like it and hit all him. he wanted to do is just get out of there. Like it it all of that came down on him. You know, you're in a you're in a small town. I mean, College Station, relatively now, if you go to College Station, because, you know, since Manziel, it's blown up. It's a huge university. Yeah, Texas high school but, football, even in high school, you get some of that. Have you ever seen shows like, or even the movie version, Friday Night Lights? At big-time high school programs, that's that's what it's like. Yeah, but, you know, he was at a small high school in with Kerrville, mm-hmm. Kerrville, Texas, and then you go to College Station, which, in hindsight, it's... It's small. Before you know, he, it's a small. It's a it's a, it's a bubble, and I think he even small. used the term some sort. It's like a bubble. You're like in this cage of of College Station, um, you know. So that that was that's changed. A and M is not that small little bubble anymore. And and for him, you know, he was he was a guy that actually didn't want to go to A and M. He wanted to go to the University UT. of Texas. Um, I think he was recruited also at Oregon. I don't I think, think UT one. offered him. I think that's no. why he didn't go. He wanted to go to UT and he didn't get the offer. I, I don't know if they wouldn't have offered it, but it was like A&M came up with a full offer and he's like, yeah, I take it. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's A&M's, even though he took them to another level, they're a big time college program. Yeah. They were, they were up there. They weren't, you know, we're not talking yeah. about. Uh, and he was going to have the opportunity on even a bigger stage of playing in the SEC, playing the SEC, you know, having that opportunity to beat Alabama where he wouldn't have had that yeah. playing in the big 12. But I don't know. What do you think? That's what do you think about the documentary? What did you take out of it? The oil field was the biggest. Like I kind of just had it playing in the background. Like I don't really watch TV and stuff like that. And that was one of the things that I like. Was just like looking over, checking the stuff, and then I heard the oil field. I was like, oh, I want to hear about this because I've. I mean, growing up, I've heard. Oh no, he has all this stuff because it was oil field money. Yeah, and that then was, it came that was out. Part and of it, it was right? like. Yeah, his friend was like, completely "Oh, that was completely. I just completely made that up." Yeah, because he's driving a Mercedes. They're saying he had, you know, he at any one point he had a hundred. And I remember hearing dollars under a mattress, under his mattress at, and, at college. And he was like sending some of it to his grandfather, and it's like, "Hey, can you write me a check yeah. or whatever?" Yeah. <clears throat> and I remember, yeah, I didn't at the time. I wasn't big into you know having to keep up because of sports podcasting. A lot of it just kind of gets drowned in the media. Nobody really cares. You're like. You know, when they talk about Cam Newton or Jameis Winston and stuff like that, like, okay, these guys are, you know, spoiled, kings of whatever. They don't get in trouble or, or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Uh, you think, yeah, there's truth to it. Who cares? Whatever. It is what it is. Um, and then you just hear big, and I remember that stuck in my head. I don't remember a time when I sat and watched it, but I thought they had money too. 
And so I saw that and I'm like, oh yeah, the big oil mine. Like they had nothing. Like they're being interviewed in big houses and stuff like his parents were. I'm like, that's probably money he made in the NFL yeah. or signing autographs. Yeah, who would have known? Work. So that, that was the thing is him and his friend were like, man, how do we, how do I get away with driving a, you know, Mercedes and having all this cash and doing all these it things threw, and, and they're taking trips to Florida and it to threw, these signings. So that's something that his, they had to create a story. They had to say, well, how do, I mean, otherwise they're going to know I'm making money. So, oh yeah, yeah. Well, he just came from oil filled money. It had know? a lot of, uh, uh, ESPN 30 for 30 Pony Express vibes going. Yeah. Like when they, they talked about what's his name for me and skipped A&M. A&M. Let's talk about he went to SM, Eric Dickerson. Yeah. Went to SMU. He's like, yeah, A&M put the down payment on the car, but SMU made the payments. Yeah. And like, what 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 are you going to do? What are you going to do, A&M? That I, say, I committed. You're exactly. going to tell him, hey, we bought you this car. Yeah. Uh, and, and it wasn't A&M, you know, I'm sure A&M turned a blind eye to a lot of stuff. Uh, so it wasn't quite I mean, you're what talking SMU about you did it. Express that was in the eighties. That was the, I mean, and that was it, that was going on. SMU no, doing it on. though. Yeah, um, I'm sure A and M did something for him to make money, um, but obviously he made the, the majority of his money signing autographs and stuff for like stuff like that. Um, and now you see lots of pictures, and I guess it's hindsight. And, and as Johnny Manziel talked about, he was probably higher drunk most of the time, anyways. But he has pictures of him signing autographs, holding big wads of cash in hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm surprised this didn't come out sooner. Yeah. You know, well, like you can trust media, people. The that internet have... were different then, you know? Yeah. And we were talking about it. We'll jump. Cause man, Titeo was kind of talked about in this and you had mentioned it and we posted on social media uh, about man, Titeo and Johnny Manziel. These are arguably two of the biggest stories in college. In 2012. Not, not just in 2012, just in yeah, general, yeah. huge stories. And the media, in both cases, kind of got tricked. Yeah, they were duped. It, 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 or duped. Yeah, it's like stuff comes out later. But they had, in the, this Heisman Trophy ceremony, you had them talking, doing stories on Manti Teo's girlfriend who supposedly had cancer and all this, and they couldn't meet when he was getting catfished all the time. But you have big, not just like, oh, yeah, he has a, it yeah. comes out that he was catfished. No, they did huge stories on this. Yeah. And, uh, and you then know, the Manziel no- oil thing, they both got duped. And that was kind of not the infancy of the internet and internet scams have been along around as long as that, but the catfish wasn't really a term. I think the Manti Teo story is where most people learn what catfish was. Yeah. That's, uh, and imagine a side story. If, how big that story was then before it was found out Manti yeah. Teo's thing, the person that was doing it. Had been freaking out. Yeah, you think you imagine you're doing that to somebody, and then you're like, "Oh, they're a Notre Dame." And then it gets big. They're, they're like, a Notre Dame oh, athlete. They, yeah. Well, I mean, you've seen that documentary as well. Mm-hmm. I think, was it a thirty for thirty? Or was yeah. it uh, so? Or was it? A, no, it, it was Netflix. Netflix. It was like I think it was a. It might have been the same thing. I want to say it was a couple of episodes. Wasn't, but I maybe I don't know. One. No, but you're the, right. That's I mean, it's the same thing, and I mean, due to such a level of you know, and we were talking about this, and at the time I didn't know. You know, I get this. I bought this book on Amazon in 2014, right after Johnny Manziel was uh, drafted by the Browns. Uh, a book John, uh, Jim Dent wrote, uh, and a this very was, a very notable, respected author of sports yes. stories. And this was book one of what he was going to calling a trilogy. Book one of three he was going to write about Johnny Manziel and this life story. And I mean, even to go so far as to putting all these details together of all these, you know, the history and oil and all this, like. And to find out, man, 
you got duped and wrote a freaking book about it. You, why didn't you do your due diligence to figure out that you weren't even writing a book, a, a, a biography type book? You know, and it, it was a, he's a, a New York best-selling author. And it's funny. I don't, I don't know what links you, and he was just a college quarterback. Again, nothing he did, you know, I mean, drugs and alcohol and underage stuff, but uh, signing the autographs and making all that money, there was nothing illegal about that. It was against yeah. NCA rules and, and Manziel goes talk about the hatred for the NCA, the, just the, you're making so much money and Manziel's one where you can say whatever arguments the NCA usually has. Yeah, we're making money, but they get full ride scholarships. Texas a and made over $300 million. Yeah. Uh, you could say, okay, what's the difference? How much more did they make? But it's still hundreds of millions of dollars more in donations and freaking built a stadium for him mm-hmm. or not for him because of him. Yeah. Um, but you're getting, you're getting a full ride scholarship. That's not, you're getting paid. We're talking about a couple hundred thousand dollars and not. Yeah. And again, he didn't, I'm not saying A&M didn't give him I I don't know nothing's been proven. I'm sure there's something wrong there, but everybody does that. But he was signing autographs and making money. Really, a well, victimless the crime is, if there is he was, one. He was signing autographs for the university for them to yeah. give to donors for and, them to and, and he was off. and he was having like promoters and people and big people coming up to him and yeah. or coming to his friend who was his business manager um, and saying, "We'll pay you. Just sign autographs." And, and like I said, whatever you want to say, yes, he was breaking the rules the NCAA had put At on the time, there. Yeah. The saying uh, they want to say all these things. The university shouldn't have to pay these kids. Okay, there, there's something to be said for that. Oh wait, but y'all can't go out and get jobs either. That's that's you can't we find can't a way do. To make money you can't find own. a way to make money. You can't accept. <laughs> who was it? Uh, uh, I want to say I can't. I can't remember which coach it was, but he had bought a sandwich for a kid, or bought a lunch for a kid, and got in trouble for that. Because I remember Coach K talking about it and saying uh, went out and they, you know he was trying to sign. He's like, I can't buy you lunch. <laughs> It's like, so he bought yeah, Coach ridiculous. K lunch. Like, he cannot buy him lunch because that's against the rules, and that's how a whole other episode we could talk about. And that's what Man- Manziel said. I had a hatred for them. I couldn't make Absolutely. any money. Yeah. So I just went and signed autographs. He wasn't and doing this is, anything. This, I would say probably the origination of what the NCAA and what they were trying to do mm-hmm. is to eliminate a situation like this with Johnny where a kid, a kid doesn't need that type of money. You know, yeah. you you saw there's pr- plenty of social media. I mean, Johnny Menzel, there's worse pictures of him in college, drunk at parties, high at parties, like partying his ass off. Meeting but Drake. Didn't he meeting- get drafted at 22? Uh, I think it was only because he only played two years. Yeah, he came, he, in at eight, he, he came sophomore. in at 18. Yeah, he left at 18, 19. Yes, he would have been about 20, 20 when he was drafted. Yeah. So, but. This is the reason that the NCAA has says they have what they have, right? Is to protect these kids. But this is a rare situation. Johnny Menzel was he was going off the rails with with or without this money this way. You right? say win or lose, was, we booze. Yeah, that was his thing. And be, his yeah, thing. before he was even big time, um, that's just what he did. That's what college kids do. I mean, that's Cliff, what some high school Cliff kids Kingsbury do. Kingsbury said it in there is, man, he could play ball like he was going to ball whether. He was drunk, hungover. I mean, there was even at one of the games, uh, I think it was against Mississippi State. He came in year, like hungover. He came in hungover. The all-black uniform. Yeah, when they wore the all. And, and he said, you better play good. And you have to play good. And he did play and pretty well. It was well. one of his best, best games yeah. at the time. And he was like, okay. 
You, what are we going to do? Yeah, yeah. it is. And, and that's sad, though, that those guys that should have been mentoring and stuff, like, turned a blind eye to it. But what else are you going to do with that kid? I mean, if you cut him off the team, it's not going to make any difference. I mean, there was no transfer portal for him to go into. He was just going to go party. Yeah. And his football career probably would have been done then. John, Johnny Manziel, uh, however you look at it, if you look at NCAA rules, moral, morality rules, uh, even le- legality, he's not innocent whatsoever. No, no. But the thing he was getting most in trouble for, what he got suspended half a game for, what all these lies were about, oil money and everything, was that he went and signed autographs. I get the rules where you you can only practice for so many hours a week because these kids are going to college, and you don't want them in a situation um, where they have to work for money, so they just say they're not allowed to work and do it. But if he's going to go spend a couple hours just signing autographs, that's a victimless crime if you ever say yeah. it. You know? Well, like now, you know, with their being able to use their image and likeness, you know, for advertising and... Johnny Manziel would have made oh twice as much more money now. He wouldn't he have a... needed the NFL. He wouldn't have needed anything. Just his name alone at this point would have would have made. He probably would have played another year in AM because that's where a lot. I mean, a yeah. lot of the partying was an issue, but everything was the investigations and everything were around. Yeah, uh, he was making so much money, and then we get to the comments on the oil money, and you have uh, Chimdit writing a book. You have. Uh, Skip Bayless, Colin Cowherd talking about, hey, it's oil money, you know, it, yeah. which now it's funny to look back and, it, and listen, like, I remember hearing those and that's uh, brilliant by his friend. I don't know what his friend does. He he was uh, interviewed in there. Apparently they don't talk anymore, but he's got to be some sort of, you know, business. Like, I don't look at him as he's come out and like he's a con artist or anything. That's what businesses, you know, you're talking about Manti Teo getting scammed. Yeah. Sure, you scam the media by saying this, but what other business doesn't do something? Like, just say this is, you know, yeah. fudge it the right way. And again, there was nothing illegal about that part of what they were doing outside of the drugs and the underage drinking because they were saying they were 18, 19, 20 years old, clearly underage, and partying with Snoop Dogg and Drake and everybody. Like, nobody cared. Yeah. Nobody said anything then. Like, you knew what was happening. He's friends with Drake. You're not going to go out with Drake and be like, oh, sorry, man, I'm too young. I can't do yeah. that. Uh, and ever, obviously, everybody close to Manziel knew. Well, and then was it, you know, he goes to Cleveland. This was in the documentary, too. And goes to a, a night in Vegas, has a costume, you know, has a wig and a must, fake mustache on. I mean, it was at that level that he had to party so bad, you know. That's when they let him go because <clears throat> he had missed the flight. And, and instead then, of figuring out what the hell I'm going to do, he's like, Screw he just it. went deeper and yeah, like say, Hey, I'm just going to cover this up and, you know, or block this out in my head, which mm-hmm. he talked about it that he's like, people told me I was doing this on purpose because I didn't want to be there and I was wanting it to, to, and he's like, when they released me, the weight was lifted off yeah. my shoulders. And, and I'm kind of disappointed that he didn't even go further into it and talk about when he went to the CFL uh, and he was kind of off off it by then like we didn't know we knew he partied but we didn't know the level until we saw the documentary yeah and i mean he eventually you know he, he had to check into treatment he multiple times yeah he you know was uh later uh diagnosed with bipolar you know there's a lot of things that were going on regardless of AM, regardless of success this guy was gonna he was gonna have a troubled life i mean that there's no doubt about it right i mean when you mm-hmm. deal with those kinds of things i mean I'm sure there could have been some depression involved in that. I mean, who yeah. knows what this kid was actually going through? 
and especially after your freshman year at 18 years old, you're put on this pedestal, right? You you are College Station. You are there. It is not what it is today if Johnny isn't there and it has that freshman season. Yeah. After that, then it, it was basically a fall from that point. You know, he wasn't prepared for what was going to come in 2012. Yeah. Um, and again, it's it's a big time. I mean, just because it's you're in Texas playing Division One. Texas college football yeah and And then going to the SEC um that's a big deal that's that there's a lot of pressure um and then again going back to uh high school football even though it's not a huge program but he was winning there and yeah even we know our alma mater is nothing in football but there's a lot of politics that are surrounded by the football program Mm -hmm. even though most years they win two or three games now imagine your team's winning, yeah, and how much the quarterback is. Maybe a lot of the alcohol abuse started because of pressure. Then I don't know if he's just likes to party, but obviously has an addictive personality. Yeah, and once you have that, and you you that's that's what I'm saying. If some people have addictive personalities, but if you don't start the drinking or the drugs, it's a very simplified way to put it. I don't mean to offend anybody, but you don't do that in situations where you don't need to. Like if I need a drink, that's the worst time to have a drink. Yeah, honestly. Uh, especially if you have a addictive personality. Um, and that may have been where it started. You know, you talk, it, it was interesting. If you watch a documentary, his first time, the quarterback, they they called, I forget what the play was, but basically they cleared oh, the yeah, way for him to run a down. A trap play, yeah. A trap play. He ran uh, like 80 yards or 85 yards for a touchdown. They have a flag it was holding. They be, they're back to the 10-yard line. And they're calling the play. He's looking at it. He's like, son of a bitch. They called. They call the play trap play again, and then he runs for he another for touchdown, ninety yards, yards for a touchdown, touchdown. Yeah. and that's that was his introduction uh, into to being a starting quarterback yeah. in in Texas high school football. And when you start off big like that, I mean, he was putting up numbers a season that some people were looking at, thinking, "Oh, that was they a thought good he was career. A, they thought Those it was a typo, or that was his career. like well, that's seventy touchdowns. Oh, he was seventy in one yeah, season, seventy five touchdowns in one. He was averaging seven know. touchdowns a game. Yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, it was one of those things. I mean, this kid really was kind of a prodigy, right? At what was he five ten, maybe? Yeah. You know, I can't like, remember. I know he said he, he modeled some of his game after Vince Young, and I can't remember what other quarterback he said it, it pump faked, and he would start using the pump fake. I can't remember which. And he said it was an NFL quarterback pump faked, and the guy jumped. And he's like, he loved that. He was going to use the pump fake. That yeah. was his move. Um, it was great. Let's talk about. Uh, I think a good part of this where it's just like, it just got ridiculous. You're like, holy crap, this is way further down the rails is when they had uh, in the documentary, his agent, Eric Burkhardt was talking. It was just talking about uh, the combine mm-hmm. and his workouts and what they had to do just to get him to the draft. Yeah. Daily drug tests just so they could prove and show, Oh, look, we've taken 30 drug tests and they're all good. That's where they talked about like, you had to force string quarterback at A&M taking drug tests for him. Yeah. But that's not how it worked. You couldn't do that. Yeah. So my aunt Manziel came to Burkhart and said, I don't, I don't think I can pass a drug test. He didn't even know. No, this He's, is the night before they're going to the yeah. combine. Yeah. He wakes up in a hotel room. He's like, I don't even know. I don't what know happened. how I got here. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, Oh, what do we do? And so they and, made us throw this- out. If you go back, maybe not landing, hopefully not landed where you've had nights like that. But I've never had a night where, like, I don't know how I ended up here. I've had nights, like, I don't remember a lot. But just to be like, I might not be. Like, you don't even know if you can pass a drug yeah. test right now. He went this entire time, night before the combine, 
this happens or you know not before he needs to go to the coma they they made up this whole story then with his parents of that his dad had chest pain or something so that he could fly out to buy him a day um, and they're bringing in all these jugs of water yeah, and gatorade water and he's just stuff. drinking just to flush his system out and they're taking drug tests after drug tests oh yeah we're almost there oh almost there keep drinking almost there. like and, and now that that flags it like hey you're too high it didn't fail the test but it makes it inconclusive or something yeah where you've been drinking too much water and usually being an athlete you're like no i'm an athlete i drink lots of water yeah and you're kind of like you know they can't get you on it but you know uh, and then i guess eventually he passed it because that that was just the whole go- whole goal is to get him drafted but the then the round. crazy thing and, and maybe this is a test to the two years in college and, and the fame and the glory that he gained that fast is he was like highly acclaimed for his interview processes and, and how mature he seemed and how like how well he interviewed and answered questions was a big thing that all the NFL teams talked about. And then when you hear about the night before and how things are going, and then you watch an interview that he was giving, you're thinking, dude, he probably feels like crap. He's got a hangover or God knows. I've never, but obviously through college, he showed, he proved that he lived that way. That was, I think that was his life. You're thinking about, yeah, I'm just here. I love the opportunity to be here. I'm doing this. And they're asking him questions. I'm like, that dude has had, uh, a crazy week, stressful week, just trying to, I mean, I don't know how stressed out he was, uh, but his agent was surely stressed out. Like, Hey, you need to pass drug test, stay clean. You need to do well, which he, he knocked it out of the park. Uh, well, the in night, his workouts, the he was his, doing great. The night before his pro day, him and all his receivers go out partying. He shows up. He's hung over. Throwing to his, his lawyers, a lawyer, his something. lawyer, and his his, his agent. agent. Yeah, he, they had to line up because the receivers didn't show up because they were all hung over. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just completely like you kind of knew this kid was like that. Sounds like, like a, a scheme intentional it. because it makes him look a little better. Like, hey, I wasn't out partying. I'm good. And his his quarter or his receiver scan that might be a in in essence like it obviously was hindsight's twenty twenty. It, it probably looked better on him that he was living such a reckless life. But all the people around him were were turning a blind eye, you know. Yeah, they're like, "Hey, it, it's not a problem for us because you are still." They were they were riding his coattails for where he was going to go to the NFL and looking to make money. And I mean, he it's, I'm sure he made more money on Nike deals and and signing autographs more so than he ever made under NFL contracts. I mean, because the only time it was a problem is when he was Cleveland in Cleveland and he wasn't putting up those numbers. Yeah. Um, let's just think, uh, what's a controversial quarterback right now to that level in the NFL? Um, let's just uh, throw out uh, Aaron Rodgers is Watson Watson. Just, well, he's kind of had issues too, but Hey, it's funny. It's Cleveland too. But if Deshaun Watson misses a game because he went and partied in Vegas, are the, are the Browns letting him go? He's been showing better numbers than Manziel, but. Anyway, if 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 a team if he's putting up numbers for a team, he's gets suspended yeah. or gets yeah. fined. He's not get, but he wasn't putting up numbers. He was looking like a bust. He was they were having issues. They sent him to rehab, and then he can't make it back. And they just say, "Screw it, we're done." Yeah. If if Johnny Manziel in college misses a game for A and M because he can't fly back, A and M suspends him or something. They're not gonna they're not gonna fire him or, or I mean uh, cut him because they they know hey he's doing it just like. Cliff, Kingsbury said, he's like, you better play good. And he plays good. He's like, okay, it's not a problem. Yeah. As long as he shows up. And that, 
I don't know if Cliff, it kind of shows a bad look on Cliff Kingsbury that he said said it like that as you know now that he's back in back in college and he's a uh, a mentor and offensive coordinator and you're like do we really want to send our kid into USC now and have Cliff Kingsbury mold be like he's I understand from his stand up uh, point of stance he wouldn't be able to do anything he's like dude we're going to be I mean, are we gonna going to against the grain here? Yeah. On the line, we're going to go against the grain to try to stop him and, and mold him, and he's not going to play well because we're doing this. Uh, a lot of times, you you let things like that side, like you know, uh, b- baseball players who have weird ass swings, like hey, it works, let it go, you know. But this is completely a different scenario. Yeah, where yes, your job is to win, but your job. In college is also to mold these guys. The, the parent, I mean, a family sends a kid to college expecting that, you know, they're not going to be there, that that university or JUCO or whatever it is, is going to take care of their kid, that they're sending them to a good place. These guys were just like, and I, I know we're running know. out of time, but uh, mentioned he was, he was talking about uh, where he went to high school that they kind of had a military type mm-hmm. uh, thing where everybody does everything. All the players do the same thing. the what, same way. Yeah. No one wears- and he's, and he said, Going into AM, it wasn't near as bad starting off because he still had some of that discipline. But he said after that first year, they didn't care and it was gone. Like any of that, any of that uh, discipline he had from then, yeah, uh, was completely gone. And, and it's it's interesting. Like if you would have kept some of that structure, like how would it how would it have changed? Like okay, don't make him stop drinking or doing whatever, but have some sort of structure. And A and M, it was just, and, and we didn't even talk about it. He had. Uh, <clears throat> Cleveland said he wasn't watching any film and his agent was like, surely he's got to watch some. And then it goes to Johnny. He's like zero. I watched zero film. Just like you go back to, to what's his name? Um, LSU quarterback. Can't remember his name. Jamarcus, Jamarcus Russell. Russell. Yeah. Uh, who was even worse than Manziel in that, in that standpoint, just didn't watch it. Yeah. They would like send him stuff with blank tapes blank or something. Tapes He'd be like, yeah, I watched it. Yeah, yeah. I watched the coverages and this. Yeah. Yeah. And Johnny didn't even care. He's like, no, nah, I just didn't watch it. I watched zero. And you wonder, would that have been the... He watched zero tape and outshine guys in college like Mike Evans and Miles Garrett. I'm surprised Mike Evans wasn't in I don't know if Mike Evans wanted nothing to do with that. Mike Evans might have done some questionable stuff too. Uh, but I don't I mean, know if they're on the only, same, if I mean, they're friends or whatever. Just like, I mean, what he was saying, you know, win or lose, we booze. I mean, I think that was probably a, a good majority of the team. Your star wide receiver, yeah, and we all know Mike Evans isn't you know a choir boy either. He's had he's had his issues, uh, not necessarily getting in trouble, but you know questionable things. And uh, I was waiting for Mike Evans. Maybe Mike Evans is like I'm staying away from that. I'm a good place right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I need to get comments from. Uh, my co-host on the sports page, Chris, sports page, Chris Robb, because he played with Manziel in the fan-controlled football league. That wasn't obviously shown on uh, on the Netflix documentary. I'm going to see if he, how Manziel was. I'm sure he wasn't buddy-buddy with him, but I know they were on the same team part of the time, so I want to see if he was still yeah. like, hey, we're partying, because they were all in the same uh, I think Atlanta. I know they were in Georgia. I think it was Atlanta. Like They did the whole league. Everybody was there. Yeah, everybody was in there. Um, but yeah, guys, we are out of time on this episode. I hope, hope we were entertaining for you guys. Uh, thank you for continuing to support our channel, our network. Be sure to, to check out as soon as this video is over, go and look at all of our other, other videos, sports page, bungalow sports show, the new bungalow fight show sports biz with Tony Nix. 
just check them all out and uh subscribe hit that notification button and until next time i'm ashton i'm tony i'm landon we'll see you guys later